0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Joining us now here on the podcast, Brandon Marcello, 24-7 sports, national college football writer. And, Brandon, the reason I wanted to have you on was pretty simple. I know that you were a guy that you were not high on Mississippi State in the preseason. I'm sure you had them last on your uh, SEC West ballot when we went back to media days um, to the point where a lot of Mississippi State fans, were, were they were coming after you on social media and on message boards. And, you know, this isn't an I told you so moment or anything like that. But at the same time, you had concerns about this Mississippi State team preseason. What what were you looking at and saying, OK, that's why I'm I'm going to pick them last?
1: Yeah, a couple of things, you know, just because I didn't have Mississippi State, like, you know, even in the middle of the conference, I still thought they were probably going to make it to a bowl game or be fighting for a bowl game. But they've surpassed my quote unquote low expectations early this season because of just the lack of style points and that lack of style points is just the offense I'm sure Mississippi state fans can understand. I don't know what has happened there, why they just seem to be banging their head against the wall by trying to shift to an offense. That's so, so different from what they had to use the air raid previously in previous seasons, but it's just not working. And I don't understand why, they went with this whole idea and this whole plan. Were they seeing something in the spring and in the summer and in preseason camp to make them think that what they're doing offensively schematically was going to score 30 points a game? Because it's one that's going to barely crack maybe 21 points a game, if that, in the SEC. It's, It's boggling to me that they made this decision.
0: So Saturday, you know, I think like I said, you you thought state was going to struggle this year. I think they're struggling more than even you thought. And I'll go back to Saturday and I'll let our listeners know that you sent me a text during the game and the, the gist of it was basically like, what the hell is going on? It was it was pretty simply put. What did you see from this team Saturday that had you going, Wow, that's that's even worse than I thought it might be.
1: They're pushed around physically, which I know LSU's a pretty physical team. Say what you will about them losing to Florida state, but man for three quarters, those teams were playing championship level football physically, but Mississippi state, not to say they necessarily gave up, but they were just manhandled from start to finish by LSU. And then again, offensively, I just don't understand the scheme and the game plan around the personnel that they have. The personnel that they have is not built to be in this scheme. And I'm telling. Until they fix that and realize that, there are going to be more results that are closer to what you saw Saturday against LSU than, say, you know, a one or two touchdown loss, uh, and that that could pop up and bite them even this week against South Carolina, which South Carolina is probably a mid tier SEC team, and it will be by the end of the year, but. Uh, if they don't fix things offensively, they're going to make South Carolina look like an SEC East contender.
0: So when you talk about, you know, scheme and personnel and things not fitting, it it sort of begs the obvious question for Mississippi State, a quarterback change. You know, Mike Wright is obviously a much different uh, player than Will Rogers is, you know, has that mobility. Is, Is it as simple as what State wants to do Mike Wright's a better fit for, Or do you think states should maybe change what they're doing and stick with Will Rogers?
1: They should change what they're doing and stick with Will Rogers. And not to say that an entire program owes something to a single person or player for that matter, but Will Rogers is the quarterback who's broken records for you, has won games for you over the last couple years, and you've ripped away kind of his power from him by doing what you're doing offensively. And if you thought he was going to be successful in that, that's not, and he's not now, that's not on him to be quite honest. That's on the coaches for misreading the situation because Will Rogers has proven to be a winning quarterback and one who is very, very good at throwing the ball. So why are you ripping away his strength from one of the most veteran quarterbacks or the veteran quarterback, I should say, in the SEC And now to fix that, you're just going to say, let's make a quarterback change and go to Mike Wright, who can move around and do some things to better fit our offense. Well, if that was the case from the get-go, then you should have done that in the preseason. The problem is you do that in the preseason, everybody will be like, what the hell are you thinking? And the thing is, is that we're saying that now. What the hell are you thinking? It just makes sense for the personnel there that's on campus and what they should be doing. And could be doing offensively because this is—it's—it's it's boggling to me that they are this bad offensively, Brian.
0: And you and I were talking about this, you know, where Kevin Barbet has has a reputation as a guy who comes in and kind of makes things fit what he has, yeah, as opposed to being locked into to what he does uh o- offensively. So that that's been surprising to you. It's been kind
1: of quite shocking, and it makes me wonder: like, did he come on board, and they're like, okay, listen. I'm Zach Arnett. I'm the head coach. In two, three years, this is what I want Mississippi State football to be identified with offensively. So I want you to do that this year and results be damned. I mean, I don't know that, but that's what it looks like. It's like, this is not the offense that I would necessarily expect Kevin Barbade to come in and go, all right, this is what we're going to do and we're not changing at all because in his past, you talk to all the coaches and the players that have been in his past, they've talked about how he's malleable. He'll move around. He'll change things. And his offense, no two offenses have been the same throughout his career. And certainly that seems to be the case right now. It's not the same as what we've seen in the past, but man, it's so difficult, Brian, in the middle of the season to change things, Mm -hmm. but it's so much more difficult to change things when you are new on campus and you just started installing this offense back in the spring. And, It's. It just seems like it was a failure from the moment go. Um, It could be fixed and everything, but I I just don't understand the genesis, the idea of this is what's going to make Mississippi State offensive football successful in the SEC in two thousand twenty three.
0: All that being said, you know this team did struggle at times offensively a season ago. They only scored 16 on LSU last year, only scored 6 on Alabama, uh, offensively only scored 13 on Georgia. I mean, those are the, the best teams in the conference and the ones you want to be trying to compete with. But again, even against Kentucky offensively, they only scored 10 points and they had a pick 6 in that game. Defensively, this team was sort of carried by that last year. They were really good defensively. They've been really good since Arnett arrived. That this defense is not good. I mean, they're just not. They're thirteenth in the conference overall. Daniels had all day to throw. They couldn't pressure. They couldn't cover, which is that's a really bad combination in pass defense. What What are you seeing from this defense that that makes you go, "Wow, that, that that does not look like Mississippi State."
1: Yeah, they're obviously missing some pieces from last year. We all know that, but they're just they don't have that physicality that I'm accustomed to seeing from Mississippi State football teams, and that goes just offensively and defensively, but defensively getting pushed around. I mean, there are openings to get to, like last week, to Jaden Daniels. We've seen other teams do it uh, just this season, in fact. And the fact that Mississippi State was just not very successful in doing so and allowed him to kind of pick and choose whatever he wanted to do offensively, throwing the ball or running it, it, is very concerning because there's going to be more offenses that aren't necessarily the same as LSU but are going to be able to uh, take advantage of Mississippi State's weaknesses, which are pretty glaring on tape.
0: And, and for Mississippi State fans, I mean, a physical identity has kind of been what this program has been since Jackie Sherrill. I mean, you covered this team, you know that, that they've always been a team that sort of prided themselves on, we may not be the most talented team, but we're going to be the team that hits you the hardest. And so to hear that, it I mean, that is something that flies in the face of everything Mississippi State fans want to hear, I'll put it that way.
1: Yeah, it's just weird to say it too. Yeah, because say what you will, even the quote unquote years they were struggling, and there haven't really been years they've struggled in the last decade. I mean, they're going to bowl games. What nine straight years? Ten straight years? Something 13. like that. I mean, thirteen. Yeah. Am I that old now?
0: Yes, wow. you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> I mean, you, well, you were you here? In, you were here in ten, right?
1: Yeah, I, was, I was the first there year. In 10.
0: That was the first year. Yeah.
1: 13 years. That was my first year covering Mississippi State, actually.
0: Yeah. 13 years.
1: Wow. Phew, I'm old. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, now I'm having flashbacks. You're telling me 2010 yeah. of that offensive line they had. Yeah. I mean, you have a center and JC Brignone. You remember him? Of course. Who, smaller guy, you know, I think he was shorter than me, in fact, but he, man, he played his ass off and busted heads. And you got to have that at a school like Mississippi state that in quote unquote is a mid tier school in the SEC. But if you can be really physical in the trenches, talent quote unquote, be damned, you're going to get four stars here and there. That offensive line, that defensive line, if you could play your, your tails off, you're going to win games. And and Yeah, almost did. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna win games. You're going to win nine games potentially. Yeah. As we've seen Mississippi state do. And, Not seeing it right now, Um, especially defensively in the trenches. Um, And I don't think, is that something you can fix week to week? I I don't know. But there are ways to kind of strengthen it a little bit. I'll give an example. Um, You know, South Carolina, who Mississippi State plays this week, their offensive line is not good. They're just not good at all. But they have changed some things up to be better out there than what they've what they really are talent-wise. And against Georgia, they held up. They were even able to run the ball effectively at times in the first half, and they end up leading Georgia 14-3, to which is what really matters on the scoreboard. And, of course, they lost in the second half as Georgia kind of woke up and decided to play football and change things. But coaching is where this is going to have to come down to, I think, for Mississippi State this season. And it's Zach Arnett's first year. I know that. But this is a year-to-year business, and you're being graded week-to-week. you got to show adjustments. And right now, they've got to make some changes offensively and then also defensively. Find a way to hide some of those weaknesses and make up for it. Because, listen, Brian, there are a lot of teams out there in college football. The coaches will sit down there and tell you and have truth serum and go, listen, we are not a very physical team, and I don't – we don't quite know how we're going to be able to match up with this team physically, but my coaches have come up with a good plan to kind of counter that. And sometimes it works and they can make sprout upsets or, or look like the better team on a given Saturday. And, um, this is really this season, but is really going to be a test for those coaches and trying to prove themselves on the job that, uh, that they're worthy of one of their job but secondly of uh of improving a team that should be much better than what it's
0: showing right now at Mississippi State this game Saturday you just we talked about it a little bit there with South Carolina I mean these are two teams that are not off to the kind of start they wanted to have at this point even though state's two and one and I think it's what state most people would have predicted like you said the way they've played is not the way you would have predicted I know you're not a guy who likes to make the big proclamation on week 4 but it's going to be pretty close to season over for the loser this game, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult to get to the bowl game. South Carolina would be in a much better spot than Mississippi State, even if it lost, though, because South Carolina, they've got an identity offensively and defensively. And more importantly, the players and coaches believe in that identity. And they've been in it for a couple of years. Mississippi State, I'm not so sure that they have an identity. They don't. They don't, offensively especially. Mm -hmm. And I'm not so sure the players believe in it because they didn't see the results you would expect. And they've been struggling to score points. And it's a first-year staff with a lot of new guys, and you got to kind of sit there and think, all right, if you lose this game and it's not pretty, and with it being on the road, it's very possible, how do you hold the team together? I think it's a little bit easier for South Carolina to do that with a loss that they were to lose than it would be Mississippi State.
0: I feel like we're going to have people driving into traffic because of this interview. I've, I've really, I've really put you in a bad spot of of being the bearer of bad news here. I apologize for that. I'll have you on. I promise, if State can somehow win these next two, you'll be back on with me on that Monday. Uh,
1: yeah, I appreciate that. I'm the. You just bring me on to be the like just. Absolute negative Nancy Debbie Downer every time. No, only no wonder everybody hates me at Mississippi State.
0: It's only because Cal got out of the game. He's I don't I can't trust that guy anymore. He 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 was smarter than us, I guess. But here's the truth. If state wins this game Saturday, which they're fully capable of doing, and you know, they're probably yeah. gonna lose to Alabama on the Saturday after that. But but nobody would pr- would be projecting otherwise. Three and two, Brandon, that that's about what everybody would have projected who had state in a good spot preseason, and the people who had them in a bad spot would probably say, wow, they're a little bit ahead of where we thought they were going to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, record-wise, yes. But, again, it's going to be matter-style points. I know that yeah. sounds silly, but it is. And, I you know, listen, let's go to the quote-unquote national perspective, the, the story of college football right now at Colorado. I, everybody sees that they're 3-0, and but everybody's just like, yeah, they're not. They're not top fifteen, right? Because they still haven't played Oregon, which are playing this week. Then USC next week, and it's like, well, yeah, they're three and zero, but they're about to be three and two, and they might not make a bowl game themselves this year. But everybody's on the Deion Sanders hype train right now, and listen, I I am too. I got them in my top fifteen or top twenty just because that that's offense the way they played
0: through three weeks. I mean, you have to,
1: right? And they got listen, they got they got superstars all over that offense and everything, but. It's like we're sitting there kind of waiting for the for the hammer to fall, which is USC and Oregon and other teams in the Pac twelve that are a little bit more physical than the teams they've played so far. And for Mississippi State, it's very much kind of not like that. But in a comparison, story wise, it's this yeah, Mississippi mm-hmm. State looks good three and two, like a similar to a bowl game, but if you lose your first two SEC games by double digits and you look listless off offensively, it doesn't leave much hope that even against the mid tier teams you have left on your schedule, like in Auburn, um, that you could sit there and go, Well, I feel confident we're gonna be able to beat them if it becomes a rock fight, you know? And Mississippi State with that offense the way it is right now, they'd have to win a lot of rock fights. But yeah. do they have the defense to be in a rock fight? Can they win games 14 to 13? Mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I I'm not seeing that either. So to me, they've got to sit down as a staff and revamp things offensively as much as they can and play to Will Rogers' strengths. Because I think they owe that to him because they put him in a bad spot. And secondly, they owe it to the team. It's the best way to win. They need to change that offense up.
0: We'll see what happens this weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm You got me interested in thinking that there, that there could be some changes coming. But we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's all about what you see on Saturday. Uh, against South Carolina. Brandon Marcello, I'll give somebody another inside baseball here. This is the second time we've done this interview because some, <laughs> dumb, some dumb guy forgot to hit record the first time around. Thanks for your time, man. You gave me a lot of it today. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. A Super Talk Mississippi <laughs> media production.